Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever IT podcast, Chats with Modern IT Leaders, presented by our friends at Spoke. And I'm your host, Manu Bernal, head of technology at Greylock Partners. And special guest today, our first guest, Ryan Seit. He's director of IT at Casper. Hey, guys. Hey. And we're going to talk about modern IT and kind of talk about some of our past uh, war stories and lessons learned. And hopefully the audience can learn from it or at least relate to some of the things that we've gone through. I'm sure they will. Awesome. So the first thing I wanted to do was to talk about modern IT. And don't want to bias you, but why don't you tell me what you <laughs> when you hear that, what, what is your thoughts? Oh, man, it can mean a lot of things. But to me, modern IT, I would say being proactive in our support of the teams that, that we do support, um, ensuring that we're working properly with the business and being able to influence decisions, you know, and ultimately, as we discussed a little bit pre uh, previously to this recording, uh, just having a seat at the table when it comes to bigger decisions. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll get I'll give mine as well. So like for me, the way I think about it in the very simplistic form is that IT needs to be up like number one, you have to be operationally excellent. And I think there's people that have heard me say this before and they're rolling their eyes and you know if they're listening right now. Um, but the thing the reason why is that if you do that very well, then you get to this point where you're able to be innovative. Mm -hmm. And then as you become innovative, and, w and which is fun for IT folks, like oh, when absolutely. we get to do things that are really you know, innovative and like people are really excited about us doing, um, to me, I feel like that builds a lot of confidence and trust. Right. And then you get to this kind of the ultimate layer or the ultimate you know, um, you know, top of the mountain, if you will, of being a business leader, a business partner for mm -hmm. the company. And it's hard to do. Um, so you know, I'll, I'll just kind of leave it there, but I definitely will refer back to that. But um, you know, I'd love to hear your journey at Casper sure. and tell us kind of like how you got started there really quickly. Tell us like uh, uh, your journey and lessons learned. Yeah, sure. So I got introduced to Casper by my now wife who was working uh, in operations. She was mentioning that the internet was going down constantly. I had my own consulting firm, so I took them on as a client and they went from airport expresses, which I just immediately had to rectify, to a more traditional network infrastructure. And, and, that, and that's very common, by the way. I've, I've seen super that Super common. And it's funny because their CX team was running off of wireless. So <laughs> the, the actual end user experience wasn't so great. Oh, yeah. Understandably. Um, so, yeah, we, we moved them to a more traditional enterprise infrastructure using, uh, shameless plug, Meraki gear. Love mm -hmm. them. Uh, still use them. And as I started consulting with them, there was a lot of gaps in just the management or lack thereof of all the IT equipment they had, um, business initiatives, goals, things they wanted to do. There was like, you know, they wanted to onboard a new phone system and they had no idea what to do. So and at this point, I'm sorry, but like how, how, how many people were 70 there? people at that point. So 70 people and you. Yeah, 70 people and me. Um, and that was split between New York and San Francisco at the time. So... Long story short, about seven or eight months into my consulting with Casper, they approached me for a full-time gig, and I said, yeah, sure, I would love to do this. Um, the fact that we have a good amount of resources to invest in IT is super appealing, because previously I was working with a lot of nonprofits or small organizations yeah. where you're just scrapping you're a kid whatever a kid, you kid can find. You're in a candy store. <laughs> exactly. Like, so this is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, quickly uh, started introducing process, uh, onboarding processes, new hire processes, offboarding processes, asset management, things like that. Things that you don't, as a non-IT person, think about mm -hmm. until it becomes a real problem. And, you know, at times you lose equipment and you need to know where it is. So sure. asset management comes into play there. 
Past that, we then brought in our first IT assistant who then graduated or advanced to a systems admin. Now, how, how many people were you before at I made that decision? At that point, let's see, we were probably at 150 people. Got it. Somewhere around there. Uh, we grew very slowly as an IT team because I just loved doing everything and you know, working around the clock was fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> After a while, it became not so much fun. So past that, we then started hiring a couple more people and we went from a team of one, which is just me, to a team of about eight mm. at this point. We're spread between New York and San Francisco, supporting New York, San Francisco, Toronto, Berlin as our corporate offices. And then domestically, we've got 25 or so stores. We've got a couple in Canada. And the ultimate goal is we're going to have about 200 brick and mortar stores in the next couple of years. So wow. far from what you kind exactly. of when you first joined, like it what wasn't what I be. signed up for immediately, but it is super exciting and just you're learning something every day and just helping the business grow and being a partner with the company yep. um, and helping them realize their goals is just very exciting. Yeah, fun challenge. That's yeah, great. Absolutely. You know, so when I hear that story, it's it's interesting. I, as I've talked to other IT leaders, and especially in like high growth companies or ones like startup, it's kind of a common story of like, you know, I started as a team as one, I'm doing everything. And I think my guess is that some of the, the audience members listening to this could kind of relate and say like, hey, I'm kind of that person right yeah. now. And one of the challenges that I ran into or hear quite a bit about is this idea around like, you're always firefighting. Right. Meaning like, you know, I because I take on everything and yeah. like there's just so much growth and change that I'm constantly firefighting. So, for example, like if I was to come in and say, like, well, how many tickets do you do a week or what type of problem types are you having issues with or sure. how many requests do you get? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times these folks don't know the answer because right. they have no control of it. Right. And so. What that you know ends up happening, I think, for them personally, is that sometimes you'll go home, you'll talk to your significant other, and sit there like, "How's your day?" And you're like, "I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. It's. I feel like I've just been putting out fires and not right. really making progress." So, you know, that's one of the themes I would say that out of that I wanted to stress in, in this episode is just to talk about really stepping back for you know IT leaders and saying like, "Am I that person too? Like, right. am I feeling like I'm always you know firefighting?" And mm -hmm. like, we could talk about ways that we addressed it. So, sure. Why don't we start with you? Like. I'm sure you kind of got into that mode of firefighting. Yeah. What did you do, whether it's like a tool, mm -hmm. whether it's a, a process, team? It's a mix of all three. Um, I would say at first it was a process. So just nailing down, meeting with each business unit and saying, what do you guys need? Um, a lot of our tickets were coming in based on lack of access to services when they started at the company. So realizing that, said, okay, let's meet with all the business leaders and say, what is the core service you need to function when you start at Casper within the first week, two weeks, month? Okay, we'll deal with that. Hardware requirements, et cetera. So we start to stock equipment. You know, a lot of people would forget their laptops because we're all laptops. Things would get lost. We made sure we had a stockpile or inventory of loaners sure. um, and then started moving to, towards the tools. So ticketing tool, obviously, we started with a couple. We've gone through a few iterations of tools. Um, we've finally landed on Jira Service Desk which we like. I think the biggest thing that Jira Service Desk, and this is another shameless plug, I guess, but <laughs> the reporting and metrics that are included in Jira Service Desk or that we've created within Jira Service Desk really helps us to just even at a lower level, like a support level saying, I'm going to get out of the weeds for a minute, look at the reports. How many tickets are coming in per team yeah. per week? What are they about? What's the recurring theme here? How many tickets are we just fielding in totality? And then 
which services are these tickets kind of about or or who needs to support these tickets? How do we route that? Right. So automation came into play. Um, all right, great. This is a ticket about Slack, let's gotcha. say. Gotcha, so it's kind of auto-routing within that Exactly. System. So how do we so optimize that process mm-hmm. of getting to the right place as quickly as possible and going first response, hopefully being the resolution, um, built out the knowledge base, which was huge. Right. Not having a knowledge base is is very difficult and it's very easy to get into that when you're a one person, two person, three person shop. You're just fighting fires all the time and can't step back and say, hey, maybe I should document some of this. (laughs) You know, having playbooks for internal teams, having knowledge base articles for end users. And then we started integrating into Slack. Somebody asks a question, we use something called Obi, which then goes through our full knowledge base index and says, here's the top three articles that may meet your 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 request. If they don't, you could submit a ticket through it. Yeah. And then again, just constantly, I would say every month, looking through the tickets that we get and seeing what the recurring themes are. Exactly. How do we mitigate these tickets? Right. Or at least route them to the right people so we don't have to worry about them. Yeah, there's a few key things in there that I think are really good lessons like to learn, I think, yeah. is that Again, that's why you want to get a really good, you know, ticketing system in place. Absolutely. Like one, you got to be able to measure like what's going on. Um, I think another important part of that is being able to kind of create some type of SLA mm-hmm. within those ticketing systems to say, hey, if somebody, because I'll talk to employees at a company I may join, and they'll talk to the customers and say, well, how is the experience of getting resolution to your request? Right. And a lot of times, you know, employees will say, I send something in, I don't hear anything, right? And then I go talk to the IT teams and they'll say like, well, we're bombarded. We have a lot of people walking up, asking for requests and it inter- interrupts us and all that. Yep. And almost, we're in that same situation. Right. And so almost always, in my opinion, is that not only do you deploy the, the ticketing system, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that the team understands culturally and operationally, like you have to get back to people, respond to them, not saying resolve, but let them hear that you have your request and set an expectation of when it's gonna get done. Because that ends up really being a driver for reducing the walk-ups. Like people need to trust that if I send something in, somebody's gonna respond to me and say like, they've got it and they hear me and they're going to, you know, hopefully resolve my problem or get the tool or, you know, uh, equipment that you need. Yeah, so for like SLAs, that became very important when we started to build out the actual head count in IT and started to have specific skill skill sets that were working on whatever problem that may come up. So our SLAs that we really care about are time to first response and then time to resolution, which is pretty typical. What is your time to first response? Time to first response is about 87% and time to resolution is 95%. And like, do you have time? Like, you yes. Know, so so we, we configured our priority levels in an interesting way. So there's two kind of categories um, that go into a matrix and then spit out what priority level it is. It's how urgent is this issue and what is the business impact of this issue? So yeah. if it's a low impact issue... Um, but it's a really urgent one that gets prioritized into like a P2. But we both know it doesn't like matter because like when you know, EA says like my printer is not working, that's a P0. Right, exactly. My, yeah, my function key on the keyboard isn't working. I need it resolved now. Right. Yeah, business is not going to stop because of that. Yep. So we realize that we make tweaks as we go. We triage, uh, but we try to have the users triage as much as possible. So mm-hmm. when you're filling out the form, they're filling out all the information. I'm in this office. I'm on this team. This is my computer asset tag. So it all gets pulled up right nice. away. And then on top of that, we track that through. We have an uh, IT stand up every day. First thing we start with is meditation. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's been great. Everybody laughed at it for the first week, but it has been so helpful in just getting 
into a good headspace totally before you deal with the madness i mean it you know it's an operational job and it's yeah. it can be difficult like you gotta kind of always put that smile on we're in it you know these are not just employees or they're our customers and exactly. we want to make sure they trust us and right. that they can rely on us and we're dependable so exactly having that good mindset yeah, you know, it sounds a little silly but i think that uh that's a plus one for me <laughs> yeah i mean ultimately we're all one big team and we're all trying to achieve the same thing so SLA is service level agreement. Um, that's basically a metric that you hold yourself against uh, and saying, yes, I'm successful in meeting this SLA or not. So time to first response, we said an 80% SLA. Um, if we're below that, we want to investigate why we're below that. Right. And like I would say for me, like SLA is like, hey, when you send in a ticket, we will respond to you within one hour. Right. If you send us something that says it's an urgent request, our SLA says if it's urgent, we'll stop what we're doing and get back to you in 15 minutes. Exactly. So yeah, we do that. We go through our SLAs, we go through our roadmap for the quarter, and then try to figure out what's what's highest priority That's today, awesome. this week, this month, this quarter. This you're year. really mature. I, by the way, I think that you're like, this is really good. Even I'm learning. Like, that's really <laughs> actually a good idea. It's super helpful. And then yeah. what we'd like to do is take the SLA reports that we get. We also do CSAT, so making sure our customers are happy. CSAT, customer, something, something, something. <laughs> I have no idea what the acronym so we have a dashboard that shows every ongoing ticket, the workload that each person has, how many tickets are assigned to each person. Um, but each week, what we like to do is send out the stats. So these are the amount of tickets we received in the last week from these teams. These are the This is our SLA rating for this week. That way, we're accountable not just to each other, but to the company. Got it. We want to make sure, because we have our all-hands meeting every week where we go over our CX, our customer service, um, CSAT ratings, SLAs as well. So we want to feed into that and just say, hey, we're also accountable yeah. to, to you to meet these standards that we've set. Yeah. And so ensuring that everybody understands what priority levels mean. So hopefully the first time they set the right priority levels yep. is super helpful. So let's take a break for a moment here at the IT Kit podcast for a quick word from our sponsors. We live in an on-demand world. We want immediacy and convenience on top of personalization and transparency. This expectation is coming to the workplace, but some people don't buy into the seismic change. Workplace teams that don't address these employee needs will be perceived as antiquated, sluggish, and worse, irrelevant. But you know this already. You know the move to on-demand is the biggest change to the workplace in decades. Spoke understands the daily battle you are fighting and equips you with the best way to bring your workplace into the future. Spoke is the only internal ticketing system built specifically to serve the on-demand workplace, providing employees with immediate, convenient, and personalized access to internal knowledge and support. Through innovative design, Spoke's made the process of creating and responding to tickets pain-free. Coworkers can make requests wherever they work, be it text, email, or in Slack. Companies using Spoke with Slack see 70% of their requests come through Slack. With Spoke, up to 50% of requests can be handled automatically. Spoke will triage and categorize the requests without human intervention. Welcome to the on-demand workplace. It's time to stand up and get recognized for your IT work. Get started today at askspoke.com. That's askspoke.com. So what's great is that you're pointing out things that are like a, a very mature IT team, which I think is great. 
if we're talking to somebody who's like, hey, I'm firefighting, mm -hmm. you know, I would say, and, and you know, please add into this, but I'd say like, you want to be able to answer questions like, how many tickets do I get a week? Mm -hmm. What type of problem types are there? Right. Are there requests? Mm -hmm. um, how good are we at resolving? Like how much time does it take for us to re either respond to them right. or resolve? To me, that feels like the baseline. Like you got to figure that stuff out, you know? And once you're able to do that, I think that where you were talking about, let's say service level agreements, you can't really set SLAs until you know what you're actually capable exactly. of doing, right? So you need that data. Right. The other thing is that you talked about these type of, um, you know, where you meet on a daily basis, mm -hmm. like a scrum, and talk about what's going on. Yep. This is where you would highlight to say, hey, we've noticed that we've had a number of issues with like VPN connectivity. And that's where the team could discuss like, is it a training problem? Exactly. Is it something technically going on? Right. And so you get to this point where you start to resolve that. I think I tend to find once you start to do the cleanup, you start to respond and eliminate these repetitive questions. And you know, then ultimately when you start to do that yeah. and you start to have time to look at innovative things mm -hmm. um, and like really start to work on key processes. So I think that's why like you wanna be able to get to that point where you're reducing these repetitive things that you always do. Like what's the Wi-Fi password? Like it, you'll find that that comes up all the time or the printer's broken. Exactly. So there's ways to use the data and then take action on it so that you reduce the overall tickets. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. So moving to a ticketing system, uh, maybe some people that are listening don't have ticketing systems yet, and they're just fielding Slack requests, email requests, in-person requests. There's so many ways to make All an IT request yeah, that, you know, that I would prefer them not doing. But when you introduce a service desk, uh, it's super important to advocate for that and have people that are championing that. So find somebody on leadership that's going to say, hey, this is the new process. We want you to file a ticket through our ticketing system. Please avoid using Slack. Please avoid using email. And mm -hmm. definitely please avoid walking up to them in person. Not to say that we are antisocial by any means, but there's a lot of work going on and it'll throw you right off. If you're working on something super important, somebody comes up saying, hey, you know, my screen's flickering. Yes, it's a problem. We're going to deal with it. Yep. But we'd like to have it in system so we can track it. Um, the biggest thing, though, is keeping adoption high by following the SLAs that you create or just by responding immediately to things. Right. Even if there's no update from your end, if it's a day, if it's 24 hours, still, you wanna let the user know, hey, we're aware of the issue, we have nothing to report, but we just wanna make sure that you're aware that we're still keeping an eye on this. Gotcha. And we'll keep you posted. I've, in the past, used many different help desk systems, uh, Zendesk, and I'm currently using Spoke. Okay. Um, and the uh, reason is, is that it's kind of an omni-channel. Like, mm -hmm. I like this fact that we could tell people, like, hey, you could use Slack to ask a question. You could use text to ask as a right. question, uh, traditional email. Yeah. And it's kind of what you were talking about, how you have your system set up right now, where it does kind of intelligent routing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my ultimate dream would always be to say, like, hey, when a person comes on for day one, they could have a one-stop shop. Almost right. like, a, like the word I would use is actually like a company concierge, right? Absolutely. You come in day one and you start asking questions like, hey, you know, whether they're IT related or not. It's like, if you go to a hotel, you go and you're like, hey, where's my room? Where's the the restaurant? Right. What What's checkout? Those mm -hmm. are common questions that get asked all the time. And so for, for me, having that kind of company concierge service, mm -hmm. that's what Spoke provides to us. So, you know, question gets asked, doesn't matter what channel they want to use. Intelligent Routing says like, oh, this is a question about like, what's for lunch this Friday? It knows to go to our front desk Great. team. I right? Yeah, and so I kind of, you know, for me, and it's a very simple uh, tool to use, but I think that overall for IT folk, we want to be able to lead this customer experience. Right. And it goes beyond IT, it just does.
let's let's talk a little bit more about like we got uh, the you know firefighting under control. Yeah. Um, what are some like maybe one or two processes you're like you, you got to get like you would say like you got to nail these. Uh, that would I mean always go back to onboarding um, as a startup. I still consider us a startup, even though we've just celebrated five years as, as a company. It's really important to make sure that all of those services that you've inherited over the years, when everybody just had their own credit card or whatever it may be, and they're signing up for all these different services, to get a good handle on those services, figure out, A, which services are still being used, which are duplicative and can be combined or condensed into one. Um Really be mindful about the services that you have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a company starts budgeting, which we started doing recently, it's super important to understand what your budget's going to be and forecast that. Yeah. Um, past that, go to each team, spend an hour or so with a team lead there. Make sure, A, you have an IT stakeholder in each team. It's super helpful. Um, totally agree. But go to each team, sit down with them, go through the full process. Hey, you know, it's been a month, it's been three months. Things evolve. We use new services. We constantly reevaluate what we're doing as a company, as a business. And maybe we have something that sometimes IT doesn't know about. You know, shadow IT is a thing. Yeah. Understand what's happening, understand what the needs are, and then just upgrade the process. So we in Jira, we have a built-out process system where it's a new hire. It gets thrown in from a form through an app script to an actual ticket. And there are multiple checklist items. So, okay, have they been provisioned with Zoom, let's say? Um, and then that goes into HR. Are they an ADP yep. or whatever system you use for HRS, finance, legal, all of that. For us provisioning like new users, there's a large amount of tickets associated with that yep. or were. Yep. And once you get that under control, it allows you to Well, I'm glad you said onboarding, even though like I wrote it like on this piece of paper, yeah. nobody could see and I circled it and pointed at it. <laughs> um, I'll go a little bit deeper than that. I think the reason why that's like probably the number one process, I would say like if you get time back from the firefighting, yeah focus on that because what I think it does is it naturally gets you to have to talk to groups that are a part of the onboarding process. Mm -hmm. So let's say HR, finance um, are the ones that kind of come to mind and making sure like, hey, one, are they really official? Like, can we really create these accounts? Yeah. And then talk about like, you know, ultimately this is that the person walks in day one, um, my secret sauce to kind of great IT work is that you're ready for them day one. They hit the ground running. Like it's their first impression of the company and of IT and Absolutely. the group. If you hit that one, like you really gain trust at that mm -hmm. point. It's a great opportunity to inject yourself in kind of other businesses Absolutely. and other people with different responsibilities. And it's this moment where you can lead this because you really do drive it. Like in the end, they typically meet, meet with folks from IT and um, we have a big role in that experience for day one. Yeah. So I think employee experience first day, first week is critical. Like if it's not a good experience for the end user, it's not a good experience for the company, you know, it, that has far reaching. But let's be honest, like I really think who it hits the most is IT. It hits IT pretty hard. I would say IT and facilities. We have a facilities team. It hits them as well. Mm, um, so making sure that you put your best foot forward each time. And yeah, you have to take a step back and say, okay, great. This person's starting on this date. Let's look back, backtrack how many days in advance do we need to know what kind of computer they want? Do we have it in stock? What's the lead time on ordering, getting it delivered? How many services do we need? Are there services we don't know about? Do we have to purchase more licenses? So many of the things you have to think about. I like to tell everybody we need two weeks notice. In a fast growing company, that's just unrealistic, but I at least like to let them know that's what we prefer. Right. Does that happen all the time? 
No. <laughs> sometimes it's a day. Uh, no, sometimes it's is, the day that they start. I think that's super common. Like yeah. even I, I would say any of the listeners out there who say like, you know, I really want like one week to two weeks notice, what have you. Right. The reality is that like, honestly, prepare for like 24 hour turnaround. Yep. That's where you just say like, look, I just got to be prepared for that. Have like systems, laptops, accounts and process ready to go exactly. to say I could turn this around within an hour because right. it just is going to happen. Also, I just I think the other thing I wanted to kind of circle back to is I like this idea where you talked about like meeting. Would you say daily basis like a scrum? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have our IT stand up every day. Oh, the stand up, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I do. I've I've kind of modified that where I do it with my team like twice a week, okay. and it's fifteen minutes or so. But one of these for us at least, it's like, hey, what what were you doing yesterday? What's going on today? And mm -hmm. it's a really quick thing to make sure that everybody's engaged about yep. like knowing what the priority for the day is, right? And being able to say like, hey. I'm stuck on something mm -hmm. like, have you ever seen this? Or like, I need some assistance with that. That is, I think is super important in the sense that it builds that teamwork, that vision to kind of say like, we know where we're going to go. We right. know what we're up against, but we're here together to support each other. So how long have you been at Casper? It's been four years. All wow. And so it's great because I'm kind of thinking like you're at this point now where you're doing all these things. Yeah. It really probably took that time to build all that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were definitely not doing that when I started. <laughs> no, this is great. I mean, cause I think that this kind of shows the promised land, like right. you, the things you're doing are exactly where you want to be. Mm -hmm. You know? So if somebody right now is listening and saying like, you know, I'm, I'm firefighting, you could kind of say, you could get out of this. And what does that look like when you're out? Right. The things that we're talking about right now is what you start to kind of Pay, you know, get dividends back. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I think that was really interesting that you said is when I think about outside of just processes and tools, um, that I think is a really important one is to engage your internal business units. Mm -hmm. I think what ends up happening quite a bit is that we wait to hear about information or wait to, <laughs> to find out what's happening. Right. And I think that it's very valuable. It's hard, but it's very valuable to change the image of IT where I'll say, hey, marketing. Uh, I know you guys have a team meeting today. Do you mind if I join? I just want to listen in. Yeah. I get the kind of like weird look. Right. I, I just want to hear what's going on. Mm -hmm. But it's fascinating to understand how I get to learn their processes, their challenges, what's going on. And more times than not, I'm able to say like, well, you know, have you ever thought about using this tool? We have it already internally. Or I, I hear what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. Want to be able to support that. Or, or at the very least, it could be just like, hey, guys, marketing's got a really big deadline next week, team. Like if they need something, really be there. Like they, they got something very important to go. I think it's great. I, I think that that takes some effort. But I would yeah. say like if I was to say another thing from a, you know, gaining back dividends from not firefighting, I would say that would be one. Like try to put yourself out there. There is a responsibility and a great I think privilege that modern IT people have, mm -hmm. you better understand the business, understand the tools that we're using because we have that that view of everything that's going on. Yeah. You know, I think that's a lot different than everybody else. We try to break the silos and kind of work together and pull everything together. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to do. And to, to actually do that, you need to understand the people and those business units, how they work, priorities, all that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, I think going back to having those stakeholders on each team, it helps garner very close relationships, hopefully, with those teams, understanding what their needs are, what the pain points are, and what you could do to help. So getting a good sense of the product, the business, and how we deal with problems is super helpful um, and eye-opening for a lot of people. But that helps as well with other teams. Can I shadow, as you were saying, marketing or whatever business unit you want to, just to see what they're doing and how you can possibly value add, hopefully, right. to, their, to their process. But one thing I wanted to go back to is... Um, as far as process concerned, mm -hmm. um, IT orientation, we've created oh. a huge orientation Thanks for bringing deck that, up. that we go through. That has been so helpful yeah, for everybody. Sure. We set up their accounts with them. 
We walk them through their computer setup. We just ensure that everything that they need to get started is taken care of right there and then. Right. And yeah, sometimes you're going to have an extra question afterwards. We're there for you. Submit a ticket. That gets them familiar with the ticketing system, right. which is great. Yes. Um, but we've noticed that the amount of tickets that come in for new hires, in conjunction with all the other things that we do, has dramatically decreased. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Technology to me mean, means that we are proactive. Like we're not just operational. And I think that's overall the key message here is that, mm -hmm. you know, if I think about traditional IT and then the modern, yeah. the difference is that traditional is absolutely seen as operational. Right. We're talking about like, hey, printer's broken, the Wi-Fi is not working. And when there's a break fix, mm -hmm. like that's where I need IT. But you don't see them kind of moving the company forward from you know a competitive advantage or using the system properly. Right. And so that's why I tell them like, this is who we are. So I think it sets the table of like, we are always gonna be operational. We're always gonna make sure that you, you have the tools and processes and you're secure. Mm -hmm. We got your back, but we're more than just that. I always follow up with the meeting a week later and say like, okay, you definitely have some questions. Let's go through some of these things in a little bit more in depth. Like whether it's like, here's how you use video conferencing. Yeah. Here's how do you, do you know how to use like Slack? Do you know how to use Spoke? Do you, know, you know, I go through each one of those and, and make sure that they understand that to use the tool. Cause I do think a lot of times, unfortunately, there's not enough time to ex show folks that here are standard applications mm -hmm. and here's how they're used. Yep. So I do the talk same. to them and say, hey, you know, we use Okta to get to all this stuff. And mm -hmm. then like, you need to do file sharing for Dropbox. You yep. want to use kind of, you know, enterprise chat, Slack. You want to use like, you know, help desk services, mm -hmm. Spoke. Yeah. And what, the one other thing we just instituted is a feedback form. So we're huge on feedback. We always want to optimize our process and just make things better for, for the end user and for internal IT teams. After every orientation, we send a feedback form saying, how did you feel about the entire training session? Are there any things that we missed? Anything that we could do better in the future? Idea. Any additional questions? And then try to bake that in yeah. and iterate, constantly iterating on everything. But especially when it comes to the orientation, just making sure that the users are getting the information they need right away is, yeah, just invaluable. This is great. I get to be a host and I also get to be kind of like an audience member because I'm like <laughs> learning new things. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. We'd like to tell you about another podcast affiliated with Greylock Partners. Interested in hearing more stories from company builders, including Spoke CEO Jay Sreenivasan and LinkedIn founder and Greylock partner Reid Hoffman? Subscribe to Greylock's podcast series, Gray Matter, available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Pocket Cast. So for the audience members that maybe are saying like, you know, I'm doing exactly what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. What else can I learn from this? Mm. Maybe let's talk about like what are the things now that you're you know you're fairly mature within your you know, created your team mm -hmm. you guys are growing um, congrats on the success actually it's Thank great you. what are the three things that you're either challenged with concerned about for the next year or two so um, yeah Casper started as an ecom company so we were just selling online which was great um, and we've recently moved into brick and mortar which introduces a host of new challenges so different levels of security, different domains, different uh, Slack access, Gmail access, just trying to delineate the corporate from the retail and split the business a little bit, keeping each end secure. That has been a new concern for us. The rapid growth of you're opening a store, you have at least 10 employees for a store. When you're opening two stores a week, you have 20 people a week that are starting plus at Casper. So yeah, you're going through orientation, but you're doing it at such a rapid pace. You have to start to think about how you can scale all this. 
and what is manual versus what is automated and right. what can be automated. And my recommendation to everybody is automate everything you possibly can. It will make your life so much easier in the future. Right, but a lot, and I, I, I think you said something earlier, uh, just a second ago, I should say, that yeah, automate as much as you can. Yeah. And for things you can't, document it. Like document, You better document, have that run document. book. Whether it's a run book to kind of respond to something mm-hmm. or it's like, hey, new hire setup, if it's not going to be automated, like yeah. it's super important to kind of document the process so that Absolutely. it's common across your whole team. Absolutely, yeah. So, so doing that, automation is super important. Documentation is is invaluable. And then the third thing I would say... The third thing that we're that we're starting to do is leverage vendors, leverage uh, our vendors more, or lean on them more for support, for help. So, you know, this goes along the lines of our retail build. So we're doing two stores a week. You know, we have eight people, right? Initially, when we were building out one store every month, every two months, it was like, all right, everybody's scramble internally. Let's build our racks. Let's configure all the equipment. Let's ship it out to the site. So you guys do something where it's like really like literally like an office in a box and ship it out there? Right. And so we were doing all that internally. And then somebody was either flying out there or contracting somebody out there and finding a contractor for each location. It became a whole thing and very hard to manage and especially hard to track financially. So what we've recently done is contract all of that work out to a vendor. They send all the gear there, ready to go, set it up. We don't have to go on site anymore. All we need to do is get on like an hour or two call with the on-site tech. You know, when I think about that, I bet you there's a story behind that, right? Meaning back to what we were just describing, Mm -hmm. like what you should do with that time back from that firefighting. It's like, now you know, you're engaged with the business, so you know about the growth projections for like new stores. And if you need to go back and talk about like, hey, uh, this process is uh, taxing on our resources, you'd be able to talk to the folks that say like, hey, we understand that we could help budget and actually work to kind of offset this with outside vendors. Right. But you got to that point because you didn't have to be underwater firefighting all yeah. these problems. Yeah, it really goes down, it boils down to build versus buy. And that's something we always think about at Casper is, is this worth using in-house resources to build out or should we just outsource this? Yeah. And the idea for us is to keep IT lean. We don't want to have a yep. massive IT team where we're just adding headcount every 50 users, every 100 users. You know, we want to get to a point where we can plateau with leveraging all the tools and services and automations and vendors where we can add another 100 people and that's okay. The impact is minimal. It's great. Because everything's already process, processitized, uh, standardized, let's say. What tool could you not live without right now <laughs> in your current job? There's a few. Oh, no. I can only choose one. Yeah, it's like ah. it's like several kids. I have one favorite, but you always say that. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I would say Better Cloud. Honestly, Better Cloud is a fantastic tool. So Better Cloud is a SaaS management platform. It was originally built around G Suite management, automating user creation, signatures, things like that. I've been using it since it was another company called Flash Panel, and they changed it to Better Cloud. But they've expanded their portfolio past G Suite. Now it's Slack, Box, and a whole bunch of others that we use. Better Cloud for us is like the glue between all the services, the automation behind it. It's been just invaluable. Yeah, it's I've been used it myself and I agree. Another member of the IT team is our virtual IT team member. Mm-hmm. And the team at that company is fantastic. They're always willing to help and support, build things out for us. They've done a lot of work for us, which has been super helpful. So I'd say without that tool, we'd be doing a whole lot of things manually. When I first heard that you were working for Casper, I immediately mm-hmm. thought, like everybody probably does, like Casper the Ghost. I'm like, that's probably not it. That's not a company. <laughs> I also thought about, like, is this you jammed Casper? Uh, yeah. Funny story about that. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, it's a good one. So we went to, 
Jamf has a conference called JNUC every year, but they also have smaller conferences based on like East Coast, West Coast called uh, Junk. I don't know what the acronym stands for, but it's essentially just a, a group of you know IT pros that use Jamf locally meeting, chatting, and I attended one of them. And the CEO of, of Jamf was there and he knew I was there. And he specifically called us out and said, Hey guys, I just want to let everybody know that Casper's here and they are the reason why we've changed from Casper Jam to just Jam is that, <laughs> because we got the Casper.com domain name. Is that, is that true? That is true. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Ryan, I want to thank you for talking about modern IT with us and sure. the audience. I also want to thank the audience for listening to this podcast. Hopefully sure. they got something out of it, whether, um, you know, help they could get out of firefighting or they're going to know that they're on the right track. Absolutely. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to talk about, please reach out to us on Twitter at ITKit.io. Yeah. And then you could find me on LinkedIn, Ryan Site, R-Y-A-N-S-E-I-T. Great. Well, thanks again for being on this first ever podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely.